Oh my goodness, did we just have an incredible weekend of shows. Thank you so much if you were at those shows. Tuscaloosa, sorry I made all those football jokes. I had no idea uh, what was going to happen that weekend. And I don't even care about football, but, you know, I can't help myself. Uh, Jackson, Mississippi, it was so good to see you. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, literally the loudest crowd that we've ever played for. Not like chatty, but like singing our songs. Just wild. Um, And then Mobile, Alabama. It was just, it was so great to be back at Callahan's and to see all these people that we that we know and we love. And it was just, it, that is just going to get us through the rest of pandemic. Thank you so much. We are already working on dates in 2022 and we are getting this van ready. I'm going to get the tag right now. So that way I can start working on this thing. But that weekend was incredible. And I really do appreciate every single one of you that came out. Uh, we have another episode of the podcast today that I'm really excited about. We're talking about comparison, like just zoomed out 10,000 feet. The, for me, the biggest trigger is Instagram. It feels like I have a window in my pocket to look at the, the grass that's always greener on the other side, but it's there all the time, you know, like it's more present than my own front yard. But, uh, we talk about it today. I kind of process through what I go through whenever I get in that spot. Erin talks through what she goes through in that spot. And I thought I was in my head about like the nicheness of this episode And then I realized, like, at the end, that this is probably the most relatable episode we've ever done, if if I can be totally honest with you. Um, So I hope that you enjoy it. This is a wonderful episode, very vulnerable, talking about comparison and the woes that come with it. If you want the other part of the episode where we talk more about this and we talk about some of the stuff that we're into, you just head over to our Patreon page. It is literally the best way to support us during a pandemic and to stay in the know. We have songs that we do not release to the public on there right now, and we have like two new singles on there. So if that's something that you're into, head over to patreon.com slash ojeremiah, and we would love to see you there. But that's it. Here it is. The new episode, Oh Jeremiah Talks. Let's go. I wanted to be you talking on the intro. I don't feel together. Yeah. We talked about something last week on the Patreon part of the episode, and we briefly touched on it. And for some reason, I've thought a lot about it ever since we talked about it. And I think it'd be cool if we if we kind of took that tiny fragment of an idea and just kind of pulled it apart and saw what else was in there. Remind me what we talked about. So... It remind me what was mentioned on Patreon. So last week, I did... Or it was two weeks ago, I did a Savage Race in Dallas, Georgia. Right. It was a six-mile, 31-obstacle course, essentially. Not something that I ever would have done, probably had pandemic not happened, uh, and something that I never pictured myself doing or desiring. It just, I happened to, I don't know, my life changed so much that I ended up finding myself at a savage race. And you were asking me how I felt about it, and I told you it was the first time that I can remember accomplishing something or doing something And my first thought wasn't, oh, I bet somebody has done this better than me. For instance, when we release a song, let's say Pretty Boy, we release Pretty Boy, it would be so easy for me to go in and find a song that has one more stream than Pretty Boy does and discount the value of what we did to make Pretty Boy. We can do do this for any task, anything, you know. 
uh, I lose one pound, someone on the internet lost a hundred pounds. I don't know. The internet has given us this thing, this infinite comparison box to where all the accomplishments that we do can be undermined by some people we don't even know. Yeah. Do you think that um, comparison just comes with uh, with bettering yourself at a craft, though? It's just the thing that you have to carry with you if you try to get better at something. I really didn't expect you to go full-on optimist right out of the gate. That's really interesting that it's that was your thought. It's not necessarily optimist. I just think it's true. Like, because if you were to really pride yourself into really structure your life around becoming like a savage racer or someone that achieved like a bunch of obstacles and like, so it was something that you trained at like all the time. Right. I can, like maybe you would, comparison would creep in. Well, no. But if I, it's something that like, because I find that to be true for me, like the longer I've worked at something or the, the more training I have in something, the more I'm going to compare myself to others in it. But yes. if I don't have any training in something, then it's really hard for me to, to like have to go through the comparison. I'm not really thinking about that. No, and I totally agree because as we were pulling up to the Savage Race, so our race was at 9, the, the 8 a.m. race was called Savage Pro. Mm-hmm. And it was all of these like professional savage, savage like super racers. And they're pro- I would assume they're comparing themselves, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. So I'm sure they were actually going for a time that they wanted to beat or a person they wanted to do better than. And if they went on the internet, they could find other savage racers that did it even faster. Yeah, I think that's why performing is such an interesting thing because like you're literally literally like exposing how much you've worked on something in front of people. Well, when I think about comparison, the time that I feel like it, it's non-existent for me is in performing. Because I think you can't fit the soul of a thing through the internet. I think that you can have like the idea of something or you can have like really good conversation or whatever. But like you can't know what it's like to have a great performance by seeing it on the internet. That's something that you have to be in the room with. Right. And when we have a good performance, I, you could, you could come up and call me the worst name in the world and it wouldn't do anything to me. Yeah. And after a really good show, I'm not going on Instagram and being like, wow, that dude had, he sold twice as many tickets as we did or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter to you as much. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if the, if the thing I'm missing because the thing that I had at Savage Race and the thing that I'm missing whenever I feel those dark feelings is connection. Like, mm. because it was me and my two homies and we were going through the Savage Race. I felt connected to myself. I felt connected to my friends. I felt connected to you because you came with me and you were supporting me. Yeah. And then whenever I'm at home and I'm sad and I'm just numbingly scrolling through Instagram and I see this person that I don't even really know. I guess that's when it comes up, right? Yeah. Like, it's like comparison is coupled with loneliness, which is coupled with bitterness. And it's like all these feelings come together. But I feel like uh, comparison is the, like the wick in my dynamite, where it's like, that's the thing that sparks the whole explosion Hmm. of a downfall, I would say. Of a not good dynamite. Of a not good. Well, I don't know a lot of positive dynamite, but that for me is like a definite negative one. Oh, sometimes dynamite like sparks me to action, so... But yeah, uh, I don't know. 
I think I always think of comparison with music because of going to music school. Because that, I mean, you were like getting into financial debt just so you can have professional criticism at all times. At all times. At all times. And I, it, like we had seating auditions every year. So they were like blind auditions. So you would, you know, sign up for a time slot, walk in, whoever was judging you, their backs would be turned towards you and they'd be like, okay, play excerpt number one. And then you'd play it. And then they'd be like, okay, skip to number seven. Or they'd do whatever. I I think you'd just have to do it all in a row. And you weren't allowed to talk. And then you'd just leave silently. And not only that, if you if you were a trained audience participant, you can look at the orchestra and know the value of each player based on where they're sitting. Exactly. So, like, I can know who is the most coveted person in the orchestra. Well, yeah, but there's also something to sometimes they'll put, like, in the string sections, like, they'll put a really strong player in the back of the orchestra just to balance it out. So that's a thing, but like, you but know, no, it goes to the whole, I was talking about this whenever I talked about like introverts, like in music school, the only thing you have to be is good. Like the whole blind audition is such a, uh, that's think, like a clear indicator of that. Is that like, I think that's a great equalizer. Well, it totally is, but it's also, isn't that hilarious how like, but that's like, literally that's the only thing that mattered was your skill. Yes. Like you, they literally did not even, they weren't allowed to look at you. Right. And then now I feel like all it is, is being looked at. That a hundred percent. And you know, it's annoying. there are so many instances we have of these people that we've played with or these people that we met along like our journey as musicians and we meet, it's great. And then we see them play and it resonates, whatever. And then they skyrocket into stardom based on something that has nothing to do with their music it will be like a viral post or it'll be a viral this or it's like something that is almost out of their control but it still makes you wonder what we're doing wrong yes is that comparison yes because you look at them and you're like oh they've been doing it half as long as us and they're you, twice as big i'd oh. say you this is not this is not an emotion i sit in very often comparison's not yeah wow what is that like i don't think I would say it's my biggest source of uh, anything other than joy. Like, if I'm not happy, it's probably because of comparison. Well, like, I will say, like, one of the biggest triggers for me online is, like, seeing, like, a, a girl that's, like, prettier than me. Oh. Or that I perceive as, like, prettier than me. And so, like, but that doesn't feel like comparison to me because I feel like oh, that's not even something I could ever attain. So that, like, no, that absolutely it, feels like comparison to me. Even though you can't attain something? Yeah. Something you're just like naturally born with? Yeah, because to me, beauty is all about perspective. And just because you, you identify this person as more beautiful, you're comparing yourself to that person. Because you're, that's where I got the measuring stick from is like that. It's exactly right. Like it's like a measuring stick that you created – yeah. And you can't reach it because you're comparing what you bring to the table versus what they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess I, f I suffer with it in that regard. Yeah. Uh, I'll. Yeah. And I guess if w if we ever play with like a. Um, when we play with a band that has another violin player, I'll quickly jump to like how much better are they than me? Or if there is a a female in the band that dresses the stereotypical like pop way. Mm -hmm. You always go, is that what I'm supposed to be? And we're always like, no. Yeah. But it, it yeah. you can't not feel that way. Yeah. For me, if it's what's the difference? 
well, how does competition play into this of like just being competitive? I don't think we're competitive people. Me neither. But does competition and comparative? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure competition is like a more productive form of what we're talking about. I already forgot the word. It's not comparative. Comparison. Comparison. Yikes! I was like, what is the word? Uh, competition. Comparison. Yeah. It's interesting that they start the same. Well, comp compare. Yep. No. I, I don't know. It's a good like, observation. Yeah, I. I guess it's just I don't really identify that as the feeling. I just the only thing I register it as is like, oh, I'm in an insecure spot today. Like I don't feel great about myself today, and I equate it to that. Not being like, not thinking, oh, I'm, I'm comparing myself to someone. I always just chalk it up to like, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling very confident today. I'm kind of insecure about myself. To me, it all and that colors how I see the world. Yeah, well, to me, if you are looking at someone other than yourself. And the path your brain goes down because of that leads you to self-loathing. That is comparison. Yeah, but but it's dependent on how I wake up, though. Depen- oh, that's, and that's a luxury to me because I can be having the best day ever. And then someone we know says like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I get to play Red Rocks. And I'm immediately like, dude, I went to high school there with that kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. Huh. I guess maybe it's uh, it's things that you struggle in. I think it's things that you struggle in for sure. That you really fight for. Because there's no – going back to the Savage Race, like over pandemic, I like dedicated my mornings to working out a lot because yeah. I didn't have control of anything else. It was just something that I got really – passionate about well i wouldn't even say that i'm passionate about it it's just something i've made part of my day yeah that's the thing i I don't think you've identified with it so like and i have maybe that gives you some freedom to not have to suffer the comparison but in the other so all that to say there is no one that could lift a weight or do a movement that i would be like oh my gosh what must it be like Mm -hmm. i'm just like oh maybe one day i could do that i don't know have you ever noticed though that Sometimes whenever someone gives you a compliment of like, oh, you're really good at blank, then you start to like want that more to, to be identified with being good at blank. Yeah. And I can give you a perfect example. Okay. So at CrossFit, there are these, the app that you log all of your workouts in. I, prom- I promise this, this matters to what we're talking about. I'm not just like flexing with CrossFit, but it's called SugarWad. And after every workout, you go in and you log your workout. Right. And then you can like leave notes on your workout. And because I was... It's essentially a, a social media for the people that work out together. Exactly. The people that worked out with you and at that gym that day are posting the comments. And then you go in and you can literally like each one. It's called a fist bump, whatever. Another area to be popular in your life. Exactly. I don't like that. So I would be funny in my descriptions because I... I thought it was silly at first that we even had an app. And then I started like really enjoying coming down from my workout by like right. being funny. Does someone think you're funny? A lot of people are saying that I'm the funny guy in the sugar watt. And so now you want to be that. And there are certain days where I'm like, there's nothing funny about this. I just want to go home. Isn't that interesting though, that like you're like looking for that now? Yeah. I think that's really interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, we have... I think I think that thing, though, is really helpful if you hold it at an arm's length because being validated in something that you're passionate in and, to, and someone that you care about going, I see you, 
Yes, more of that. That's helpful because I think that's a, a helpful accompaniment to self-discovery. I agree. Like when I was a kid, I loved music immediately yeah. and I was in a band and all my friends were like, dude, you could like be in a band for real. Yeah. And that helped me gain courage to pursue this. Yeah. So that's helpful. But when you don't want to be funny after a workout, you should not feel obligated to be funny. Like, I think it's both. Yeah, no, I don't think it's an obligation. I think it just kind of like becomes another thing that you're like looking for on accident. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Like, because I think, because I was trying to think of like, oh, well, there's a lot of things that I don't compare myself with, but maybe I am looking for like validation in that. Like, I think one of, I think like, um, wanting to be known as someone that knows how to cook really well. Oh. Like, I don't really like search for that, but some, but sometimes I don't mind it. Well, and it's funny that you say that because I don't know anyone that has had your food that would not say that you are a great cook. Like, obviously, you're a great cook. Like, you have enough evidence to go like, oh, cool, I have accomplished this. I can put this away. But there's still something in you where it's like, I need reminding mm -hmm. because I I take this really seriously. Because I'm, I care about because it. Because I care about this so much. Isn't that weird? I, I mean, I think it's human. It, it's I'm just now noticing now that we're talking about it that like once you get one compliment, you want that comp you kind of like subconsciously try to achieve that again. It's like it's like plants a seed that you have to water and nourish. Isn't that weird? I think that's weird. I think you're describing do my you, entire career. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I think so. I do too. Because I'm also a people pleaser and when someone gives me a compliment, there's part of it to me that's going, I need you to keep being this. Yeah. Or else you were not the thing I thought you were and the thing I needed you mm -hmm. to be for my sake. I also think that we, in the social groups that we're in, in the communities that we're in, yeah, we subconsciously think that there's only room for a certain amount of people that are good at certain things. Yeah. And so like me, sometimes I'll try to like not step on anyone's toes by being, by trying to be good at something. Yes. Or like showing a strength that I have. Like we, there was, there was an, a, a moment in a group where you had a chance to do something that I know that you do really well. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, why didn't you, why didn't, they were like asking for that. Why didn't you do that? And you were like, well, because Tammy wasn't here and Tammy's usually the one that does that. And um, it was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But so, uh, well, so for instance, like, it's okay. yeah, yeah. For instance, like you're great with kids mm -hmm. and sometimes you're like, well, like they said that she was really good at kids, good with kids. And I don't want to like step on her toes. And I'm like, there's, there's room at the table for people to be good with kids. But it's like mm -hmm. that sort of, you look out for people with it. I look at myself and I'm like, dude, they said you can do this. So you do this or whatever. Hmm. Part of me thinks that that's why nutrition school has been so awesome for me is because like, I don't know anyone else in our circles that's in this space. And so I feel like I have so much room to sp to spread and take up space in it. Okay. So Does that make sense? It makes sense, but it's it's reminding me of something else that you said while we were talking. What? You've gotten a lot of great feedback on your nutrition stuff. Yeah, and I don't feel any I I don't feel I believe it really well. Yeah. Which is really validating, but also like 
I think I realized something in just having this conversation of like, oh, it's because I know there's space to be filled here. Yeah. And you feel capable of being the one that fills it. Yeah. And I'm not worried about like messing up anyone else else's strength. Right. Which is silly because everyone, you should have space for everything. Like there's not too many of anyone in the world. Yeah. There are too many of any uh, special skill in the world. Well, too much of any. Well, there's like... I don't, and I don't know the exact science behind it, and I'm not even going to pretend to. But there, you know, before we had the internet, you had your community, like you had your tribe, or you had your like small group of people, and there was someone that was the best at X. There was the best cook. Yeah. Like you were known in the small group as the cook or whatever. Yeah. And the internet broke that wide open because it is a bottomless pit of someone being better than you, like. Yeah, and then there's you're also right. You're right. it it has all of these other categories of good. So you could be the best chef, but yeah. you'll never be the chef that is Salt Bay. The dude that like does the salt like this and he went viral. You know what I'm talking about? No, but that's interesting. He like cuts steak really quickly and then he pours salt down his arm like that. They call him Salt Bay. Sure. And he did an an interview like and B-A-E. he B-A-E, yeah. Okay. He did If I showed you a picture, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He's, like, such a meme. I'm not with it as much as you think I am. No, I think you would. Because I, th- I think I've even shown you some of his stuff. But it's, like, he is technically a chef. I don't know how good his food is. But I know that he is a chef. He's a very he's famous known. chef. Okay. Yeah. And so now there's, like, all of those things you have to do. Yeah. Like, I've said it on the podcast before, but I've never seen a social media account where I was jealous of the content but I'm always jealous of the amount of followers they have because I like the way we represent ourselves. I, yeah. I think that we do a good job being honest with who we are. Yeah. Sometimes I wish that that would give us more of a following and more of a, you know, like more of a runway to do what we do more. But it's it's never beca- – I never feel that way because – oh we're, my gosh. You feel like we're being honest. We're I feel like we're dishonest. being honest, yeah. yeah totally. I do but like if I'm watching Salt Bay – I'm never going to be like, oh, my gosh, I wish I could cook that good. It's like, dude, I wish I had followers and, like, throwing salt in a funny way. And that's, like, what gave me an entire career. So weird. Why do we all need – why do we – I mean, I know our career kind of depends on it. But it's, like, the desire for an audience became so strong with social media. Yeah. In in ways that are also very toxic. And that's what keeps me in right. check is like, what, what is this comparison shame monster being triggered by? Like, is it because you think that he is better than you or she is, she is more talented? Like, what is that thing? Yeah. And usually it's because I feel like I am not enough. That's like what the thing ends up revealing itself to be. You don't think that you have sometimes like some of the best days ever to where like you're untouchable, like nothing will nothing will shake you. Savage race, uh the day we released even if it kills me. And those are you don't have them very often? Bluffton, South Carolina. Okay. Our last Athens show. Like there there are moments where I feel like I don't know. I feel and this is probably not even 100% true, but I feel the best about myself when I am behaving the way I told myself I would at 16. Yeah. When I look at, when I go back to 16-year-old me, and if I could come back from the future and be like, dude, there's going to be a pandemic, and you're going to roll with the punches so much that you're going to feel like nothing can stop you. Mm -hmm. Because you're never going to quit this. Yeah. 
like that, when I feel that way, or whenever I go back to 16 year old me and I'm like, you're going to play to a crowd that's going to sing your songs back to you. Do you think that in an ideal behavioral world, like how you would, like if you can train yourself to be any way, do you think that like, if you were not in a good spot or maybe you were just not having one of those days and it was just like a, you know, for certain that if it's almost like you're checking Instagram looking to be hurt. Oh, I'm trying to hurt my own feelings. And so in an ideal like behavioral mindset, like maybe those days you would just know not to look for that. Why do you think you look for it? Uh, I think I'm addicted to my phone. I think that is like a practical reason. Yeah, but why? But I think like beyond that, though, like, why do you? It's almost like the whole. Uh, um, what am I saying? Like, I, this is going somewhere. I promise. But like the whole, like I was cheated on, and so for like, I would I would have a really bad problem whenever we first started dating of like wanting to look for, through your phone. Sorry, that's like very open, but no. but I would always like have that desire. But it would be because I was trying to prove myself right, and I right. and I wanted to like validate that I wasn't stupid. And be like, see, I told you I was right about this. So it was almost like this weird behavioral tick of like, I'm looking for sadness. Right. And so like, I don't know if it's necessarily the same, but that's the only comparison I can come to. No, so it seems I've, like that you're almost, sounds like a, like a dead on comparison, I so would say. It almost seems like you're on Instagram long enough to hurt your feelings. Like until you hit that point and then you're like, oh, there it is. Is it like a self-fulfilling? It feels a little self-fulfilling for sure. Of like, uh, see, I was right. But I also feel like Instagram is designed to be that. You know what I mean? To take you to the point of uh, of dissatisfaction in yourself? It is like window shopping for everyone's highlight reel. For someone to hurt you? No. Like, I just think that Instagram is designed for the user to flex at all times. Yeah, but I, but, like, what about... Not necessarily... The, like, I'm talking about you as the consumer, though. No, no, I know. But to me... Yes, I agree with what you're saying. Sometimes I am trying to fulfill a prophecy that I am not enough and everyone will have more than me at all times. I, I do think that that is true. But I also think Instagram is a really volatile place for someone that has those tendencies. You know, like if you're an alcoholic, it's much easier to relapse in an alcohol or in a bar. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it's like me being an alcoholic and hanging out in a bar trying to quit drinking. That's what it feels like because Instagram is made to get that bell rung. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. So I'm hearing that it's just like a habit. It's a bad habit. Yeah. Okay. It's a bad habit. And it's a really good, like when you, when you open Instagram and you have that dopamine hit, it like feels like productivity or it feels like uh, Sometimes seeing someone doing something makes you feel like you're having a really good day too. <laughs> yeah, there's like this weird. I, I think I, that's called something, some psychology, something. It's like, yeah. Go ahead though. No, I, I, but I, I think you're right. That's what I'm trying to say. I think you are correct, and it is something that I could do a better job of maintaining, looking out for. Because I always say, oh, I have Instagram and Facebook because we're a band and we have to have that stuff. Yeah. And I could still have a good enough relationship with it to where that is not make or break for my mental health. What, um, how do you think your like your life would look if you had a healthy relationship with it? I think I would write more songs. Okay. I think I would read more. Hmm. I think that 
I would be able to spend more time in silence because now I've trained myself to whenever I'm silent, I'm like, oh, I need to go look at my phone. You know, like there are practical ways and I have good seasons and I have bad seasons. Like right now I have my phone set to grayscale and that's like literally all I have to do to be like, remember, this is why you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Like little things like uh, log out of social media until you actually need to post something. And that keeps you from just dumb scrolling through it too. So like, or even just like setting aside a certain day of the week where you post or respond to comments and catch up on stuff or whatever. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, what? So it sounds like you're already kind of in the middle of a shift towards the life that you want with it. Oh yeah, you and I have been like, I don't know. I think so much about how I I expect you to be something that you're not, and I'm so thankful that I am with someone that is not the things I expected them to be like, because you don't get bogged down in the comparisons that I do. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine how fast we would sink if you did? <laughs> because like when I come to you and I'm like, babe, you don't understand. She just sold out red rocks and you're like, I don't even care. Why are you like, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> and then when you come to me and you're like, this girl did this thing and like you feel the same feelings but about that I'm like are you even like looking in the mirror like what are you talking about Mm -hmm. so in that way I'm very thankful and as I'm overcoming this because I I do it in seasons it's like we release music and then I go through a year of this garbage it's just the way that I my brain works but I don't think it has to always be like that no I know and that's the thing that you keep saying to me on this cycle and it's getting on my nerves because I know it's true but it's hard what makes it hard, do you think? Uh, because it's easy to just to not try. Like it's easier to just sit on a couch, go through your phone, and hate yourself. Not make the change. It's just easier. Like, and yeah. I think that's why those apps are so like embedded in our culture. Mm-hmm. It's because it's so easy. Oh, I know they've made it incredibly easy to have it for them. Do you, have you noticed that there's like a cue that gets you to do it? Uh, yeah, when I'm writing a song and I don't know what the next lyric should be. That's one cue. That's one cue. And I, and I write, I try to write a song like every day. So it happens like all the time, you know? (laughs) So it's like something that I have to overcome. Yeah. It's really annoying. It's really annoying. Yeah. Um, maybe it would be, maybe you could just put your phone in a different room. Yeah. So I started sleeping with my phone in the living room. and We both developed that. You, it's great. You started that within our family. And then I was like. And one night you were like, hey, I really do think this is going to help your sleep. And I've done it ever since. It took me like a week to adjust. Yeah. And then you're like, I really think you're going to be thankful for this. And I haven't I haven't turned back since. And I know I'm it's really, great. I'm really thankful that you did that for me. So that I, was a habit that I formed. That's a, what is it called? Whenever you form a habit because of the people around you. So, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. Like I association co- or something? No, like I like ha- habit by a so- collaborative, collaborative habit. Collaborative habitative. Maybe. Uh, but I also, um, habitat habit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like what's something, I think maybe writing with your phone in another room so that you don't even That's have it. That's the big one. But also, so I stopped, so I sleep within the other room and I work out. But you're not writing your songs in the middle of the night. I'm talking about whenever you have that, the, so that Well, so yeah. that's, what I'm, that's what I'm getting to. So, uh, I write in the morning typically and I've been going to CrossFit at 6 a.m. That's when I work out. Yeah. And I take my phone with me. And then by the time I get back, I'm used to having my phone with me. So I just bring, I just, from that point on, I have my phone with me. So maybe a better 
thing to do would be take it to CrossFit, leave it in the car or something, like recalibrate and be like, okay, we're back to no phone, you know, because I don't want to like get in a wreck on my way home and not have a way to contact you or something. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. So that's the, I mean, that's the main thing is like, I just need to develop better habits now with this new season of life, I think. Logging out, I think, might be the answer. I think that's the practical answer. Just log out. Because I'm not like... Just make it annoying to get into. Yes. I'm not like freakishly checking the weather app. To be like, I need my okay. dopamine. Let me check the calculator that's app. That's what I do. Yeah. Like, it's it's not that. It is legitimately Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Twitter. Yeah. Like, whatever. Whenever I um, had a month off of social media, I would download a bunch of Kroger coupons. That was like my version of like a phone. A well, phone I also remember you had, you had a pretty big fruit ninja phase. Mm. That was whenever you were like legitimately like sinking into your phone. That was pretty bad. That, not as bad as the Farm Heroes app. Oh, Farm Heroes. Well, that was that was the year. Our first year of touring, you were really sad. Who, buddy? You were sad. I was addicted to it so bad that I had an. I can't believe I'm admitting this. It was really hard, but I had an iPad. That I took with us on tour. Yep. I said it was for like work stuff. It was literally just for Farm Heroes because I didn't want to ever spend any money on the app. And so I would run out of lives on my phone and then play it on my app and then go back and forth. Yeah. It was bad. That's tough. I did not want to be alone with my thoughts. That is tough. Yeah. Um, but I mean, anyways, it happens. I have worked through that. Yeah. Yeah. Not, a, not yeah, Farm Heroes any. on any device in our home. Anymore, I know. Anytime I'm hanging out with a kid, they're like, can I look at your phone? I'm like, I guarantee you're not going to find anything on there that you want. Yeah. They're like, you don't have any games? I'm like, uh, no. no. Sorry, buddy. Addy, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Farm Heroes has died. It's over. Um. So, yeah, I think it's possible for you to change. I uh, wonder what your desire is to make the change, though. My desire is, because I, I really do think this. My desire is to be present of the things that we have accomplished now. Because if I was present of what of where we were at, I would be fulfilled. Yeah. But I'm saying like uh I totally I totally hear that. I think what I'm asking though is that like what's your level of readiness to like make the change whenever you oh, write tomorrow? I'm at like a seven. What makes you say seven? Because and not an eight or nine? Uh, because we still can't tour. You like it still feels like a lot of a lot of our music career right now rem- You would feel more confident and not have the desire to check what everyone else is doing if you were doing the thing that right. you Right. Right. Because But that's it, not like a realistic stance, right? So it's like No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like so I think that to get to eight or nine, I'm gonna have to climb up there myself. Oh, what does that look like? That's that's a great question. I don't know. That's a great that's a great challenge as we're as we're wrapping this up. Like of like you need to maybe figure out your why a little bit more and decide if you're worth it. Yeah, exactly. You you're letting me borrow this book called Art and Fear. And uh, <laughs> classic real quick, classic J and E. Uh, I read a book years ago and I say, Hey, you need to read this and he's like, Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Doesn't read it, and then he we see an old friend this weekend, and he's like, "Dude, have you read Art and Fear?" And he's like, "No, I need to get that from the library." And I'm like, "We literally, it's literally on your nightstand because like I've told you to read this." And then whenever and we opened it, it, no, the heartbreaking one is whenever I opened it, there was a sweet letter from you. Whenever oh, you were my expecting gosh, are you me, yeah, it says, uh, "Love you. I hope you get something out of this or something like that." 
I know. Did I felt you like feel a monster. So bad? I felt like such a monster. Well, yeah. Good. Well, okay, great. <laughs> so uh, my homework then is to figure out how to climb the last three numbers. And I think it's as simple as, like, it's funny, as we're doing this podcast, uh, Facebook and Instagram are down and have been down all day. It's like national Ironic news. Is globally, I, globally, like, there's a blackout. That is super funny. Super funny. I missed a haircut because of it. Yeah, I know. But uh, it's it's really interesting that that's the kind of jumpstart I need because every time I go to check my phone, I'm like, oh, it, you know it's not working. It doesn't exist. It yeah. doesn't exist. It's not there. So... Okay, well, well, let's jump over to Patreon. This was this was very helpful for me. I hope uh, I, I hope this was fun for you. Yeah. So it's, it's not light subject matter, but you know, we'll get through it. I'm trying to get better at asking questions. You're doing great. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Too.